0: Now, get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562 314 4603 for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pascal, pull up, jumper, got it again. For Siakam, and the crowd on feet off the board, oh, Welcome to 3 in the Key on TSN 1200, bringing you in-depth basketball analysis and interviews on the NBA, NCAA, and U Sports. Now with Will Macklin, Fuadahad, and Dave Tripp, here's Elias El-Zane.
1: Hello and welcome inside the key for another edition of Three in the Key. Elias El-Zane alongside Fuadahad. What's going on, man? Oh, uh, where do I go next, Dave Tripp? Oh Crickets. no! What? Okay, that's All right. that's rare All right. All right. for Dave. I know. We usually expect that from Will Macklin, but he's here today. Willie Mack. Oh, more crickets! Wow, he's still. I guess they're both off for load management. You know, it's a <laughs> it's a new era, it is a as new well era. in in you know in basketball. Show not just on the court, yeah, but the broadcasters need to rest their voices. Yeah, it's
2: just athletics in general across the board. <laughs> you got journalists taking load management. You got yeah. broadcasters taking load management. Like it's it's taking over, man.
1: They got to rest their voices. It's a long season. <laughs> we got producer Steve Bunda back in the house. He's here today. No crickets for him. No. Um but yeah load management for those guys but you know mean and we'll hold you guys down Absolutely. like we always do. Absolutely. We've we've always wanted to just be us but we've had a hard time letting these guys know to stop coming to the show. <laughs> so we're just uh they're taking load management for uh for this afternoon.
2: We've got that old school mentality too, you know.
1: Game yeah, can't games, miss can't miss a game. 48 minutes a game. Give me put, that. Put me in coach. I'll play 50. Let's, let's,
2: I'll play 50 exactly. Let's go. That old school Wilt Chamberlain mentality. Exactly. There was a season,
1: right, where he did average like 48 and a half minutes a season. 48 and a half minutes a game mm-hmm. a season
2: because he played every single
1: minute, including overtime. Wilt, Wilt was a different... I wish I was alive to see Wilt play. Me too. I mean, it's it's something. I know we're just going randomly here to Wilt Chamberlain back yeah. in the day. It's something to watch, you know, YouTube clips or old videos, mm-hmm. but it's... You know, watching him, like, live or in that time on TV would be crazy. Just because, like, look at the era that's going to be after us. So the people growing up were going to hear about LeBron James. Yeah. And we were lucky enough to watch him, yeah. guys like Kobe and Jordan, you know, the, his, uh, his career as well. And those are just obviously already, that's three guys that people put up there in the, in the top three, top five of all time. Yeah. So it's just crazy that uh, we've been able to... Uh, See those guys blessing, in their prime Absolutely. all their whole career, and LeBron's still going looking really good in year 17. Yeah, um, we'll talk Lakers a little later on because we always really? have to come on now. It's the best <laughs> team in the NBA they right? got the best record in the league. 14 and two, two, seven game win streaks. Yeah, um, they haven't lost on the road this year. You know that both their losses wow. have come at home. Wow, That's or impressive. no, their first loss, excuse me, was a Clipper home game, right. That's true. So that, was, was, the, that was the road loss. but And then the other loss was to um, the, Ra- uh, the Raptors. The Raptors at, so both losses at came, home, at came at Staples. At Staples <laughs> but the first game was a Clipper home game. But if you're watching it, you can hear all the Lakers fans chant. That's right. So, that's right. Um, still, great record.
2: When you've only got two losses on the season after 16 games, I mean, <laughs> come on. It doesn't
1: matter whether you've
2: lost at home or on the road. Yeah. Get it going, man.
1: Um, we'll talk about uh, the Raptors, of course, who picked up another win. That was their third straight uh, last night. They improved to 5-4 and four away from Scotiabank Arena, 11-4. Uh, and four. They actually haven't lost at home yet nope. this year. Siakam, I mean, what else could we say about this young gentleman?
2: This man has to be in the MVP conversation right now. What is that, 34 points last night?
1: 34 points, just four rebounds, three assists, one steal, two blocks, but... They needed him to score last night. He did that very efficiently as well. 11 for 18 from the field. 4 for 6 from three-point range. And 8 for 9 Just from the free the, throw
2: line. Across-the-board improvements, even from last season. The guy was the most improved player last season. And now even more across-the-board improvements.
1: Can you win most improved player of the year two times? Can you win it like back-to-back years? If Is you that can, possible? If you can,
2: it should be it should be spicy. If you can, it should be this guy. Because like, the, the fact that he's actually taken this leap... There are a lot of people who, again, when he got that $130 million max extension, people are saying, ah, he's not going to get better now. You can't give him Those this much money Those are people who didn't now. watch him, that's you, right. You absolutely did not watch him and absolutely did not see what he's capable of, and he's showing it on the court, man.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I've loved every second of Siakam this season. He's been a thrill to watch. We'll actually, we'll get, for sure, his first All-Star definitely um, nod, and we'll participate in uh, All-Star Weekend, which I believe is held in Chicago this year. Let's go, yeah. We're going, right? Yeah, I mean, why not? Chicago, Let's that's your it. team, that's the Bulls. That's
2: my team. I got the hat on right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, you do have the Bulls hat. Um, probably Zach Levine, maybe will be in the dunk contest to present so. the home
2: team. I hope so. So, him and Aaron Gordon like, talked about it last season, that they may get back into it this year. Mm. That would mm-hmm. be a rematch to watch for sure.
1: That would be amazing. And speaking of Zach Levine, who dropped forty nine points, a career high, after being benched mm-hmm. the night before for making some mistakes defensively, um, three of them. Jim Boylan, the head coach. I'm not. A fa- I now I understand why you're Thank not you. a fan of Jim Thank Boylan. You. <laughs> Thank you, uh, Fuad. I thought first you were maybe tripping out, but after watching a lot of Bulls games uh, this season, I tend to watch a lot of games um, from. Uh, of teams that I have their players in my fantasy team. So I've watched, believe it or not, a lot of Hornets games and a lot of (laughs) Bulls games this year. I have Devontae Graham and I have Zach Levine. So they're usually on earlier um, in the evening. But Zach Levine, and I'm like, why is he not getting minutes? Why is he not putting up numbers? But what a way to respond after being benched 49 points, 13 threes. That's second most ever in the game. Second
2: most ever in the game. Ty Steph. Ty Curry, exactly, just behind Clay Thompson's fourteen. And the the manner in which he got that 13th three. It was a game winner as well. <laughs> it was a game winner, but so they're down 115-110. comes up, hits, hits a, a three, 115-113. You think the game is over. There's like six seconds left. Bulls get the steal, get it to Levine. The guy fades he's the, away. I think he's
1: the one that stole it.
2: Um, it was him and... Um, I think
1: White was there. Um,
2: Archie Diakono. Archie Diakono. Archie Diacono was the one who got the touch on the ball that came out, got the ball to Levine. Levine went out to the three-point line to have the the awareness to go out to the three-point line, fade away, splash that for your 13th three and to win the game. And then uh, Wendell Carter got the steal to end the game. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever really seen that before, apart from Reggie Miller, like back in,
1: back in the day. Yeah, against the Knicks where he hit those... Uh, well, he had like nine points and eight seconds or something, something like that. that. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, had the, had, the, had the choke hold to on Spike Lee. Lee. That's right. Oof. That was Zach Levine last night, man. And what out. way to respond to your Absolutely. head coach? And you know what? What frustrates me is the fact that Jim Boylan is trying to take credit for it. He's come out today being like, "Oh, it's my job to to motivate this guy. It's my job to push him." You, it is not you at all. It's Zach Levine saying, "Man, I I need to play well. I need to get my team together as a leader." Come on, just, how are you gonna? Bench,
1: probably your, your, best, your best player. player. Exactly,
2: yeah. your best player on your team right now, for whatever stupid reason. I, I I'm, I'm not going to accept that. But Zach Levine, Neil, kudos to him to come out that way, drop a career high 49 points, and to do it in the manner that he did. That that was unbelievable.
1: It was uh, amazing uh, to see uh, Zach Levine bounce back like that, drop a career high. You always have those games. Obviously, on the first day of the season, we saw Kyrie. Uh, get a fifty points, and now we see Levine with forty nine. So yeah. we see these performances. James Harden had forty seven, but for James Harden, I think it's uh, we're so used to him scoring a high yeah. amount of points, yeah. So it's not even it's not even something special anymore, and that's crazy, is <laughs>
2: insane. And to watch him this season, just talking about James Harden, man, I think he he just continuously blows my mind every season because this year, I feel like he's taken. The offensive game in the game of basketball to a new territory. Some of the things he's doing this season, I don't know if I've ever seen before. These like sidestep.
1: Yeah, he's added that to his game. We, yeah. we saw that in the summertime working on it and now he's bringing it in the game. Averaging 38 points per My game. My God. Um, getting close to that 40 mark to average 40. It hasn't been done in years, decades. Oh, probably since Wilt. yeah. Because Kobe averaged 36 or 37. Yeah,
2: 37, I think, was the high C average. Same yeah. with Michael.
1: And T-Mac had a high 30 yeah. uh, couple of seasons, but 38 is new territory. Bradley Beal is second in the league in scoring, but 30 points. You see, eight-point wow. difference. That's a. It might not seem like a lot, but yeah. it's a lot. That's a massive amount. An
2: eight-point to average yeah. per game. James Harden is scoring eight more than the guy who's scoring the second
1: most per game. That's crazy. I'm not even going to get to the free-throw discussion because... I think it was on Friday, the last I checked, was James Harden's leading the league in free throw attempts. Yeah. Second is, I think, Luka Dantich, And the difference between number one and two was 85
2: attempts. 85 attempts on the season. Wow.
1: Yeah, the difference between number one and two. Like, he Harden's gotten to the free throw line yes, yeah, 85, yeah, like 85 more 85 more time. times
2: on the season so far. And last year, there was a whole discussion about, you know... Him cheating the game in a sense. A lot of people were talking about that. Like, oh, you know, he's drawing these fouls. He's not actually playing basketball. If he's doing it now the way he's doing it this season, having this many more free throw attempts than the second, the guy who's second in the league, he's learned something. He, he he's, he's, That's a skill to be able to do that over and over and over again. And the way he's doing it this season, the way he has the Rockets this season with a guy like Russell Westbrook as a second hand man now. Westbrook is the guy that everyone talked about. Oh, he's gonna try and stat pad, get his stats, get his points, get his rebounds and assists, get his shots up. James Harden is doing this this season with, with Westbrook next to him.
1: Yeah, but he kind of cost him the game, right? Westbrook, Westbrook on Westbrook Friday did. night against the Clippers. <laughs> we saw uh Paul Jordan and Kawhi take the floor together. Yeah, for the first time. Um they looked good, obviously. It hurts me to say. Unfortunately, yeah. I know. It hurts, man. But hey, what's what's the record right now? Eight and five? They are uh, ten, eleven and five. Now. Eleven and five. Eleven okay. and five. They've won four in a row. We saw Lou Williams have twenty six in that second half. Right. Uh, it helps to have a healthy uh, guy. I mean, in terms of like healthy scoring amount. Yeah. Lou Williams. Yeah. We know he can put the ball in the yeah. hoop uh, at an extremely high clip, and that's the third option for you behind that's those two guys who can score the basketball. But what? Killed me in that game. What was hilarious at the end of it, Harden passed it to Westbrook. Paul George looked at him. (laughs) Paul George looked at Russell Westbrook. Remember, guys, he he played with him last uh, two years. Two years for two years. Two years in OKC. He knows his tendencies. Looked at him like, kind of like waved his hand at him, but ran towards you the rim went, so he exactly. can get a rebound. <laughs> and, and, got Westbrook, the rebound. Yeah, and Westbrook, yeah, Westbrook, bricked the three-point shot. Should have drove to the basket. That's his. And again, we posted
2: this on Instagram. Had a funny little meme with Stephen A. Smith on there. But his bread and butter, you in that play, drive to the rim, or or take a couple of dribbles up to the free throw line, pull up, and that's his shot. That's what Westbrook is so lethal at doing. Kind of uh, on fast breaks, he drives free throw line, stop immediately. Jump shot. He had that fully open for him. So the fact that with seven seconds left, down one point, he pulls up for three. That was a bonehead move, especially for the guy who's been in the league for how long now?
1: I know. He should have drove to the basket, but I just thought it was hilarious. The, the way Paul, Paul George, George did that it. That was super fun. And then yeah. they they obviously ended up winning in Patrick Beverly and West Westbrook. The, the trash talk kept going on, so it's going to be more interesting season matchups. Yeah. And hopefully those two teams the, uh... meet up in the postseason.
2: What are you more excited about? Which would be Patrick Beverly, Russell Westbrook, or Kat and Joel Embiid?
1: Well, Kat and Joel Embiid kind of got physical a little bit. They were tangling and yeah. whatnot. So, and they only play each other one more time. So Exactly. Uh, I think that will be a little more interesting because yep. they actually got into it. There were suspensions handed out. Patrick Beverly and Russell Westbrook has been a lot of back and forth in terms of trash talk and talking yeah. for the last couple of years. It all started a couple of years ago when Patrick Beverly injured yeah, him, right? That's right, yeah. Um, in the, in playoffs. the postseason, yeah, exactly. So yeah, I think when Westbrook,
2: Beverly played for the Rockets,
1: <laughs> yeah, and Westbrook was um, at that point he hadn't missed a game in his career. No, that's right. And then he got hurt and, right. and missed the.
2: The most durable guys up to that point, for sure.
1: Yeah. Um, when we come back, we'll talk about uh, possible changes coming in a couple of years to the NBA. A little later on, we'll also have uh, the CEO and commissioner of the Canadian Elite Basketball League, Mike Morielli. Obviously, Ottawa big news this week, getting a, right. an expansion team. The Ottawa Blackjacks will begin play in May of 2020. And you can get on us at social media on Twitter at... Three in the key underscore TSN like us on Facebook. Three in the key follow on Instagram. The Three in the Key we posted something there on Insta. We love to have your questions uh, for Mike. We'll join us um, uh, past twelve thirty uh, today, and obviously subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. Check out the website the number Three inthekeyca and you can text us at twelve twelve hundred anytime throughout the show. It's Three in the Key on TSN twelve hundred.
0: Welcome back to Three in the Key on TSN 1200.
1: Hello and welcome back inside the key. Elias and Fuad today. The Elias and Fuad show. I like the sound of it. I like it, man. I love it. I know. Maybe we'll change the name from Three in the Key to the Elias and Fuad show. If Dave and Will show up, then they just got to stick with it, too. They can sit over
2: there with Bunda and just watch.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. No, they'll they'll come back uh, next week. Next next Sunday. Next Sunday. Next Sunday it's going to be a full crew, hopefully. Hopefully. I don't know about Will. Will, load management and the Blazers are just... Oh, boy. I don't even want to go exactly. there.
2: Exactly. Right. That's definitely why he doesn't want to come in,
1: man. Other than the Warriors in the Western Conference, they're right there. Like The Thunder are better than them. The Grizzlies yeah. are better the Grizzlies than them. The Grizzlies are better, yeah. Pelicans. The Pelicans have been banged up a lot this year. Balls missed yeah. time. Josh Hart. Yeah. Ingrams missed time. Obviously, Zion, Zion hasn't has not, played. He's not played yet. The Spurs were on an eight-game losing streak and are still better <laughs> than the Blazers. <laughs> and the Blazers have... Uh, Damian Lillard. He yeah. missed a couple games, but they have him. They have C.G. McCollum. Yeah. They went out and signed Carmelo. Anthony, yeah. what have you thought so far about uh, Melo?
2: <sighs> Obviously, Mello is Mello, And he's going to put up the numbers that he puts up. He's going to hit his shots. He's going to have those, you know, those pull-up mid-range shots, the threes. He's going to yell profanities every time he grabs a <laughs> rebound, you know. He's going to get all that. But it's we haven't seen it translate into wins over the last few seasons that he's played. And we still haven't seen that with the Trailblazers so far in his two games that he's played. So, I really just want it to go well for, for Carmelo. And I hope yeah. it does.
1: I really I really do, too. Um, it's good to see him back in the league. And um, every time he hits a three, and bang on his head. Yeah, yeah. Head that that and his headband. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, it's good to see him. Um, there was uh, an article that came out on ESPN uh, yesterday. And... Changes that could come to the NBA. Adam Silver has spoken a lot in the commission of the NBA, um, how to improve the game, mm-hmm. how to get more viewers. Obviously, how to get you know fans more entertained. What could he do? And one thing that's always come up has been sh- obviously shortening the season, reducing games. But another thing that he's mentioned a lot, and now it's gained some traction between the NBA and the NBPA, like the Nash the the Players Association. That's right, yeah is uh, creating an in-season tournament, kind of like the Champions League in European soccer. Um, So these are some changes that could happen during the 75th anniversary season of the NBA, which would be 2021 to 22. That that would be the first season. So not next season, the season after After that. that. That's when changes could possibly come. So the NBA, you would play a minimum of 78 games, okay? maximum you could play is actually 83 games depending because there's also would be a play-in game. I'll get to all that. So the first would be the in-game, uh, the sorry, the in-season tournament. Right. So 30 teams, in-season tournament, it, be- it begins with a divisional group stage of scheduled regular season games. Then pre, those are the pre-knockout uh, round games. They would also be part of the regular season schedule. And then the six divisional winners based on home and away records Uh, in the group stage, and then they would go on in the next two teams with the next best records, and then it would advance to a single-game elimination knockout round. So it's kind of like having a trophy within the big trophy that you play for in the NBA Finals. Thoughts on an in-game, in-season tournament?
2: That would be so incredibly different from what we're used to with the NBA. Um, And I'm all for... I'm all for innovation. I'm all for changes. I want, I want, I want to progress, you know, and and try new things and see how you can make it better. So I'm a hundred percent down with with whatever they try to do. Because you see, with while David Stern was the commis- commissioner, the changes he made and the things he did that evolved the game to what it is today, that was incredible. And I think Adam Silver has kind of done the same things. He's he's made strong decisions to to evolve the NBA and to progress it into. You know, if you ask me, it's it's the biggest sport globally right now is going to be the NBA. Across the world, you look at people, they're going to know who LeBron James is.
1: Oh, they gonna, know who LeBron James is. Know,
2: they're going to know who the faces of the NBA, everyone's going to know who Kawhi Leonard is. And Kawhi Leonard doesn't even talk about who Kawhi Leonard is. So, And still, globally, people know who Kawhi Leonard is and want to watch Kawhi Leonard play basketball. Um, we have the, the league starting in, uh, across the continent of Africa. Like that's huge. You don't really have it. Like the NHL doesn't do that. The NFL doesn't do that. Major League Baseball they don't do that. No. So that's that's huge to see that. So for these changes to come, I'm interested to see how it, kind of how the details of it are going to look once they kind of decide. But it's obviously preliminary discussions right now. So
1: yeah, but it's getting some traction in the tournament. Would start the in season tournament, would start uh, post American Thanksgiving. Right. So, and then drag on and throughout uh, and think until the end of December. So, this would be
2: part of the regular
1: season? It would be part of the regular season, but it's uh, giving them, you know, something else to play for. Right. I guess, and changing Mm -hmm. things. Really, just bringing a kind of a Champions League is what it's called for UEFA in Europe for soccer. But that's across like all of Europe, yeah. And this is just the NBA. the NBA, of course. But they're trying to they're trying to think of ways. I'm not too against this. I would love to see how like when more details are made available and how it really would um, take part. And then, it, I mean, like, maybe it will eliminate the load management in a way because you kind of have something to mm-hmm. play for early right. on in the year. And then, obviously, as the season goes on, you'll have the Larry O'Brien Trophy that you right. want to win in, in June. That's what I'm thinking
2: when you look at it from a fan's perspective. The NBA at the end of the day is a business and they want to attract as many people as possible. So when you start off the season, say mid-October, people are excited for opening night. People are excited to see their prospective teams play their first yes. games. You know what I mean? Once you get into November, December, before Christmas, people start getting kind of bored and kind of backing off. Kind of like, I'm going to you know, go Christmas shopping. I'm going to do this, do that. Yeah. No one really wants to watch the NBA. Until Christmas Day. Until Christmas Day. Exactly. For that period of time, after American Thanksgiving and up to Christmas Day, now you have a reason to watch because your team is playing for something. You know what I mean. So when you think of it from a business perspective for the NBA, this definitely makes sense to attract viewers.
1: Another change would be what they're calling postseason play-in games for the seventh and eighth seeds, uh, with the ninth and tenth. Yeah, yeah. so seven, eight, nine, and ten would be the four teams. So it would go like this: Um, is two, four, uh. Team tournaments featuring the seventh, eighth, ninth, and tenth teams in each conference. So the seventh seed would host the eighth seed. The winner of that game, it's a single game, you get the seventh seed. Right. So if the seventh and eighth seed play each other, the winner gets seventh seed. Then the ninth and tenth seed play each other, the ninth seed would host the game. Whoever wins that game will then play the loser of the seven-eight matchup. And then they would play for the final playoff spot.
2: That's very, very interesting. And I personally, I like that. Because you have so many seasons where you'll have a certain team that they'll get hot to end the season, but not hot enough to get that playoff spot. And potentially maybe they should have that playoff spot over the eighth seed, whatever team ends up getting that. A lot of times you get you get um, uh, identical records between the eighth seed and ninth seed. Uh, identical records between the seventh seed and eighth seed, but you know whatever formality gives one team the higher seed than the other or exactly. if
1: or maybe if you were banged up early right, on, right. you had a slow start, then you get it going with your team, but only to make it to a ninth or tenth seed, and right. this will give you a chance to. You know, try to get in, and you want to get into the postseason, so people will tank and try to get uh, a draft pick. And That's the right. last thing would also be, uh, before we wrap up the segment, reseeding of the conference finalists. Mm-hmm. I don't like this very much. Like okay. uh, so once you have the East Finals and the West Finals, then you would reseed the four Cs. Why not just do one through 16 in that point? That way you don't have to really—it just goes on best record. But to Might- get them to the finals, I know because the last— there were some years in the in the NBA where the two best teams were in the Western Conference, and everyone's like, "Oh, this is the actual finals matchup." But well, one of them has to lose in the West Final, and the other one advances to play in the finals against a weaker Eastern right. Conference team. Um, I don't know. I don't know about this one. I, uh,
2: my 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 thoughts on that, real quick, is they still want to attract you know certain fans of certain teams to watch. So if you do the one through sixteen, and you have a much stronger Western Conference. You're potentially getting twelve teams all from the Western Conference and only four from the East. In a sense, you know what I mean.
1: I don't know if so, it would go that crazy. Yeah, but.
2: Exactly. But as an extreme kind of example, yeah. that's a potential possibility. They want to keep those first kind of tiers of the playoffs with even, you know, teams from each conference, each, um, each side of the continent, and like you, you want to have the Raptors in there. You want to have the Knicks in there. You want to have the Lakers in there. You want to have you know from each conference. You want to have teams in there. But, and then once you get to the conference finals, that's where you can say, okay, we're, we're going to have potentially the 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 Clippers and the Lakers playing in the NBA finals, finals for the yeah. championship. That, that would be cool.
1: Yeah, that's what the NBA wants exactly. to, and people would love that for uh, sure. For sure, to see that. But I don't know about the whole reseeding um, of conference finalists. Um, let us know your thoughts. Twelve twelve hundred. Uh, When we come back, we'll speak to the CEO and Commissioner of the Canadian Elite Basketball League. It's exciting times for Ottawa there, uh, an expansion franchise that will begin play at TD Place Arena in May 2020. We have Mike uh, Morelli uh, coming up next. Three in the Key on TSN 1200.
0: Welcome back to Three in the Key on TSN 1200.
1: Hello and welcome back inside the Key. Elias and Fouette today. Yes, rocking with you for uh, the next 25 minutes at least, Not half enough. an hour. Not enough. Not enough. <laughs> half an hour is already gone by so fast. Uh, we'll get right into it. Exciting times, as I mentioned a couple times on the show already today in May 2020, the return of professional basketball to the city of Ottawa. It will be the Ottawa Blackjacks were announced um, this past week to play in the Canadian Elite Basketball League, who's already has their inaugural season. Um, gone by, and we're joined by CEO and Commissioner of the League, Mike Morielli. Thanks for joining us, Mike.
3: Well, my pleasure, guys. How's everyone doing?
1: Good, good. Thank you. Uh, first question, right off the bat, what's going to make this team different from uh, the former team that was here in Ottawa a couple of seasons ago?
3: Oh, I mean, I, I can give you a litany of, of things. Why? Just, you know, based on how we are governed, number one is probably the biggest glaring difference. Um, you know, we have a centralized league uh ownership and direction administration so the bulk of our investment initially was into the league itself so that we could help manage all the teams and make sure that you know the brand was consistent across all the teams and the contracts and the player availability was consistent um you know and then from from there we you know, playing FIBA rules is obviously very important in a high quality uh, quotient of Canadians which we're at 70 percent Canadians and I mean, there's enough talent in this country It deserves to be played uh, and showcased at home.
1: And uh, is there a date you're aiming for in terms of announcing uh, president, GM, or coach for this team? And Dave Smart, former head coach of the Carlton Ravens, now director of basketball operations, did confirm to the Ottawa Citizen that he had talks with you guys. Uh, what kind of capacity is he going to be involved with the team, if he's going to be involved with the team?
3: Yeah, I'll start with the kind of the first part of that. Uh, we probably will have an interim president uh, maybe the end of this week. Uh, it's just a matter. We have a bunch of stuff going on uh, with some other announcements uh, beginning of the week, but we'll probably name someone interim out of our office that will manage the, uh, the hiring of, of the next uh, set of people, including the GM or coach or the combination of, and then a, a president as well. So uh, yes, we have spoken to Dave Smart. i, I Think that's what's kind of mandatory when it comes to wanting to play basketball <laughs> yeah. in, in Ottawa. I think it's only right that you you talk to the guy that uh, has done the most. Um, so uh, Dave uh, has interest, and now it's really up to us to kind of figure what that means. I, I highly doubt that that will be in a coaching capacity, just based on the fact he's retired from coaching essentially. So, um, but I think there will be some involvement, but we'll have to wait and see until we're able to uh, solidify that um, in a contract. So we're working on that as, uh, as he is on his end right now.
2: Well, continuing to speak uh, about the Carlton Ravens and Dave Smart, you've got a few former Carlton Ravens. Uh, Victor Razzo, he's the reigning coach of the year of the uh, Niagara River, River Lions. you got other guys like Ryan Edgem, Connor Wood. Um, how much of an impact did the presence of and the success of the Carlton Ravens have on the creation of the uh, CEBL?
3: Well, I you know I, I don't know if we looked at the Carlton Ravens in in specifically, but we knew that the talent that came out of there was significant, um, and that you know that area or that university alone has produced some of the best uh, professional players in this country. Unfortunately, all of them have had to go overseas to ply their trade, so that was a you know a big thing. You know, Carlton is and, and Ottawa and that whole area produces some tremendous talent so where it is important from a league perspective is uh it provides you with kind of a an instant uh, quality of canadian player that you're trying to recruit so once you know you can attract the carlton guys that have been to multiple national championships and one to come play in your league you feel like okay that that set a a very high standard for others to follow and then we we uh, anticipate going to 2020 that you know those handful of players i call it 20 to 25 in that next kind of upper tier upper echelon uh that we're waiting to see what we're all about i'm thinking we're going to land quite a few of those guys as well so uh it, it starts with kind of great quality uh canadian players and and carlton produces some of the best every year
2: and like you're saying, it's not it's not just Carlton. It's across the country. You have so much talent at the at our Canadian universities, and these guys don't have the chance to showcase their talent further on after university. So, can you explain the the rule for teams to have a certain number of Canadians on the team, and and how that develops the game in Canada?
3: Yeah. So we um, we have 14 person rosters essentially, um, and then 10 uh, person active rosters. Out of those 10. Seven of those players must be Canadian, which by default means that at least two Canadians will be on the court at all time. I I can tell you that the Rattlers, Saskatchewan Rattlers, that won the inaugural season played with nine Canadians uh, down the stretch in the championship. So it it doesn't matter where you're from. We're going to put the best people on the court. But that does, at least that ratio allows for Canadians to be playing at all time. And then of those one, or pardon me, one of those seven Canadians, uh, is a spot reserved for a youth sport developmental player, uh, and this year we're going to expand it to a U sport current year graduate, which just means that we uh, we get a crack at least for the returning guys to come uh, practice, learn, you know, apply their trade against some of the the pros uh, across the country, travel. Not you know, it's up in the air depending on how many minutes you can get based on how the team is and etc. But that experience alone, and be able to go back to your respective. Uh, university without losing any eligibility and, and we give you money in the form of educational grant is a is a win-win for everybody. That's amazing.
1: Yeah, that was my next question about how they're gonna get paid. I did hear about the educational grant and it is you, you want to put those guys who will return to school but also in the summertime Go up against professionals and guys who maybe they already played off depending on uh, how many years they've been in school. Uh, A lot of guys know each other. So just a great uh, thing uh, for the league speaking with Mike Morielli, CEO and Commissioner of the Canadian Elite Basketball League. Mike, what is it going to take in your eyes, in the league's eyes? for this team to be successful here in Ottawa in terms of what are you looking at in attendance? Obviously, with an expansion franchise, I know there's not going to be an expansion draft, so they have to go and sign guys. So depending on who they sign, we don't know obviously what the record can be like, but more in terms of attendance, because that's what the Skyhawks who are here struggled with, obviously playing way out in Canada. This is not the case with the Black Jets. I just want your thoughts uh, on that and what you guys will deem successful.
3: Yeah. You know, as much as the draw to, there was to Ottawa, I, I don't think we would have pulled the trigger if we had to play anywhere other than uh, TD arena. Uh, it's just a, a perfect size venue. It's part of a, a, a bigger, uh, you know, world-class entertainment district. Uh, and it really provides uh, an opportunity to draw people to a game. We know that in our time of year and that spring is spring and summer, that that's an active place to be. It's the destination. So, you know, for, for numbers, Anytime we are in that 2,000 and above, we're happy. And, of course, the more we sell north of 25 and 3, et cetera, it's just better for everyone. But, you know, we've we've kind of scaled the arena to have about 4,200 seats to start uh, plus the uh, court side. So, you know, probably in around 4,500. And we can scale it up if need be. I hope I'm hoping that's a, a problem we run into. I hope we get people out to the home opener. It's on May 14th. Yep. and we get as many people as possible, I, I can guarantee you, you'll come back for more. It's a, it's a great product. It's a great basketball product and an entertainment product as well.
2: You've got us here in the city now, so you reach out to <laughs> us and we got you for sure. Um, awesome. And uh, so you, you, you mentioned the how the league is currently working, the ownership of the teams and how the uh, current seven teams are owned by the league itself. Um, what is the plan moving forward with this league in terms of adding other cities and other teams and then... Are you, you know, in the foreseeable future potentially having ownership in each city for the teams rather than the league owning the teams uh, itself?
3: Yeah, that's that's the end goal. So we knew that um, the investment and the time into establishing and owning all of the teams out the gate would pay off in the long run. So, like I said, we talked about making sure there's there's parity and everyone's got the same budgets and treated the same, the same contracts, etc. Uh, but as we move to you know the future, and the the plan was that we would align ourselves with local ownership groups, whether they're you know corporations or they're individuals, and we would uh, you know sell a, the, the team to them, and they would operate it under kind of our our leadership from a head office perspective, but they would localize it. They would go out to the community. They would find the partners, the sponsors, the the friends and family, the people that they know with their reach. Um, which is the way to do it. That's both on an existing team basis and on an external team basis. And we've had uh, 14 different conversations with groups that would cover both uh, existing and expansion teams. So, you know, I think we'll see a couple more teams in 2021, maybe more. And then we, we do want to be very selective as well. So um, it's only going to come with the right uh, group. And, you know, the, the situation in Ottawa and playing in a, in a building managed by the Oste group is is a nice, uh, comfortable position to be because we know that they want to see us succeed as well. So we like to find partners that uh, can work together. And while we own all the teams outright, uh, you still lean on all your landlords across the country to, to try and make it work.
1: Mike, is there going to be another team announced for the upcoming season, or is it a, a, every single year you'll announce a new team? Uh, how many teams are you looking forward to having in this league? Is Auto the only team for uh, the upcoming season in the CEBL?
3: Yes, Ottawa is the only one for this year, for 2020, so we will have an unbalanced schedule. We're announcing that on Tuesday. Um, but, uh, you know, the goal is to grow. We've always thrown out a number of 12 teams. It doesn't have to be. We can be satisfied at 10. We can be at 14. But uh, the idea is to eventually go to a divisional model where we fill in the gaps and we add the Winnipegs and we add the the Montreals and and uh, maybe another team in, in Ontario and in BC and, and in the... Uh, alberta and that's always kind of been the game plan so we go as as we plan there's a there's a you know there's a timeline but it's not set in stone of course because you want to choose the right people but i do anticipate going into 2021 so not this upcoming season but next that we could be closer to that nine and ten uh league uh team league
1: can you give us a hint on which cities you're looking at
3: well, I think the ones I kind of uh, rambled off about will, okay. will tip you off a little bit. Um, <laughs> and, and then hopefully, hopefully some more uh, to come.
1: Maybe Alamante?
3: Yeah, yeah, it I want like, it, right? I I blame that on being <laughs> Italian. Nobody told me. When I, it, my name's not Morial; it's Moriali. I, exactly. I, I gotta, I gotta pronounce it. That tweet that was funny. funny. I didn't know until after. Obviously, yeah, I was yeah. like, Oh man!
2: Now you 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 handled it well with the tweet. That was perfect. Uh, <laughs> and, and I and I have to ask. So our, so our goal here is to grow this game in Canada. And um, obviously, what the Toronto Raptors did last year was was incredible and helped so much. So. Give us some of your insight on what was going through your mind and, you know, what potential text conversations you were having between yourself and others involved with the CEBL as the Raptors went on their playoff run last season and eventually won the championship.
3: Yeah, I think we were all, first of all, as fans, we were going as insane as everyone else. Uh, And then as kind of business people, you know, we realized, okay, this is going to be a little bit of short term pain. Uh, for long-term gain, meaning, you know, when that playoff run is on, everybody's in tune, and we were still, you know, near the latter part of our season, like, okay, well, we're going to have to deal with some smaller crowds over these couple of games, but, you know, it was just the the long-term gain is unbelievable because you're talking about the awareness level, the kids that are instead of shooting pucks out front, they're now, you know, shooting hoops and wearing – uh, Raptor jerseys, et cetera, et cetera. But you know, the, the uptick in the minor basketball signups and the club teams and the, and the prep, and it is just, uh, kind of the gift that keeps on giving. And, you know, the, most of the guys that are in our league now, I, I mentioned many times, those are all the Vince Carter effect uh, mm-hmm. players, yep. for the most part. you know, uh, and it's going to be really, really interesting to see who the next, uh, you know, Kawhi, uh, Leonard and Kyle Lowry effect, uh, type players are, but they're around the corner and they're coming. Mike
1: Morelli, CEO and Commissioner of the Canadian Elite Basketball League. Thank you so much for bringing basketball back to Ottawa, and thank you for joining us uh, Inside the Key. We appreciate your time. Thank you, Mike.
3: Oh, Thanks for having a show like this. This is awesome. I look forward to doing more of them. Absolutely.
1: Mike Morelli, CEO and Commissioner of the Canadian Elite Basketball League. You're already here, folks. May 2020. May 14th. Begin. May 14th. May 14th,
2: 2020. Ottawa Blackjacks are here. Let's go.
1: Let's get it. May fourteen, TD Place Arena. I know, Mean Fouad will be there. Hopefully, many of you will join us uh, and support this team. And hopefully, you know, just like the uh, Carlton Ravens, we'll bring many championships oh, yeah. now at a professional level here in Ottawa. Uh, because there's a lot of basketball fans here, and despite what you hear, it is uh, a, a basketball city. Lots and lots of talent uh, all over from high school. to university here in Ottawa. We're here right now, right? Yeah. (laughs) We're on
2: the local radio station talking basketball, man. Come on. It's a basketball city for sure.
1: When we come back, we'll look ahead to uh, what's coming up in the NBA this week. It's Three in the Key on TSN 1200.
0: Welcome back to Three in the Key on TSN 1200.
1: Hello and welcome back inside the key. Elias Levain alongside Fuad Ahad. Yes, sir. And, uh... Great interview. Again, I am i can't stress how excited I am for this Absolutely. basketball team and the return and, and such a, a good league. They had their first season and was successful. Yeah. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see how Ottawa puts their team together. No expansion drafts, so just signing free agents. Yeah. Who's going to be on the team and what kind of product is going to be out on the floor. May 14th is the home opener. Back to the NBA. Um, we'll look ahead to some games last week we did this and you had you guys you and Dave had to pick the winners (laughs) I I, I picked a couple too but I I think I had more right (laughs) than you guys
2: well just a disclaimer to everyone please don't go out betting off of what we're saying yeah also that uh, we don't claim to be experts (laughs) we're just basketball fans just trying to talk about basketball. <laughs> All right. Uh um this afternoon at three thirty we have Donich versus Harden. That's gonna be a fun game. I'm gonna take Houston winning that game. Okay. That's gonna be a very fun game.
1: Okay, the rest of the games are not so good today, but looking ahead to the week, um, there is uh on Wednesday night where the Nets travel to Boston, mm-hmm. Brooklyn against Boston, it was supposed to be the return of Kyrie, but I don't think he's going to be playing. I hope he plays. I just that would want have been watch, very interesting. I just want to watch him get booed for a solid two hours. <laughs> Who would you take in that game, regardless of Kyrie playing or not? Boston. Um, I think so.
2: I mean, just the system-wise wide kind of game that Boston is playing right now. Uh, even with Kemba Walker, if he's out, he sprained his neck. If he's out, still, they got this.
1: Uh, We'll end on this last game, also on Wednesday night. Anthony Davis making his return to to New Orleans Um, uh, on Wednesday. Lakers Pelicans. He's obviously going to get booed. Yeah, oh for sure. He was getting booed while still in a Pelicans jersey last year. By the way, that's right. um, Who are you taking that game? I'm taking the Pelicans. Of course.
2: What? (laughs) Get off the show. What I say that.
0: (laughs) Play the music.
2: I say that because I don't see them losing up until that point. And then that's the type of game that you can see, like the best game in here. the league. The best thing in the Get league is going to lose. Seven to game Bo- win
1: streak. They play. They certain, play. In certain San guys Antonio. are going to be motivated, man. Get Drew is going to be
2: motivated to win that game.
1: Get out of here. They play <laughs> San Antonio on Monday. The Lakers do. They'll win that one. Yep. And then they'll go into New Orleans on Wednesday and absolutely <laughs> devastate the Pelicans. Watch Anthony Davis is going to have fifty points.
2: Uh, that would be fun. That'd fifty be and twenty. I'm that'd saying it right now.
1: Come on, AD. I don't play against you in fantasy this week, so go ballistic. <laughs> go ballistic. Yeah, go off. 50-20 and three blocks. Three couple blocks of assists, right. okay? Right. That's my stat line. We'll see next week if I'm right. Sounds good. Anthony Davis, you guys can hold me. Accountable I don't think you'll need
2: to get to that to blow out the Pelicans. Just, That's just also saying. true. <laughs> just but saying. I
1: think he'll have like a monster first quarter where they'll always yeah. go to him and have like 20 or 25 in the first queue. For our producer, Steve Bunda, Will Macklin, Dave Tripp, who are here in spirit, off for load management. Fuad hand. I'm is 3-in-the-key on TSN 1200. Peace.
0: Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper?